Welcome to episode 123 of the Reptile Combo Podcast. We, we are a, a co-host short today. Uh, Katie's on a mountain at an all-girls camp in Alabama, and Rachel's currently waiting on rats to get delivered to their house. So No, she's at his house. Oh, at his house waiting for him to get there. Yeah, I mean, even if she leaves now, it'd be 45 Yeah, minutes. she'll never get here. So it's the two of us. You get the two of us. Uh, let's go ahead and get our, our other stuff out of the way. Uh, if you're looking for a PVC rack or enclosure, look no further than... LSReptileRacks.com. Homestar Reptile Racks. If you need a rack, get a hold of Robert and get you a rack. Uh, if you're in Texas or Louisiana or Mississippi, yes. please come support a small business right now. Dude. Yeah. Go, go ahead and get it ordered and get it delivered to a reptile show near you. Yep. Or if you're not, get it ordered and he'll ship it to you. Uh, he can get any size of them shipped to you in some way, shape, or form. So get your cages or racks. I've got to get some cages. In the near future, once I redo my reptile room, which I'm doing hopefully in the next couple of weeks when my dad comes to visit and we're going to revamp my entire reptile room. So cool. That is my plan. Uh, speaking of reptile shows, there are the Herps reptile shows. Excuse me. Uh, next reptile show. It's not for a month. Corpus Christi, August 13th and 14th. That is a month away. And then the week after that is Bryan College Station, Texas. Go out and visit that one. Then August 27th and 28th is Austin, Texas. And then Con Rogan. Back in Conroe in September 10th and 11th. And then off to New Orleans, September 17th and 18th. Oh, wait. I, oh, no, I missed. Okay. I missed shows. It was scrolled down. I didn't see it. So I forgot Slidell. So it's, so it's not a month away. Slidell is July 23rd and yeah, 24th. It's two weeks away. I wasn't listening to you. Yeah. So. That's two weeks. Slidell and then Oklahoma City, July 30th and 31st. And then Corpus Christi. I got down to New Orleans and I was like, wait a minute. Y'all go to Slidell before New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Slidell. That is the next one. July 23rd and 24th. That's a big one. So if you're in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, go check out the Slide L show. That's a pretty good one. Um, and then, yeah. So, and then, like I said, September 17th and 18th is New Orleans. And then Waco, Texas, October 15th and 16th. We ain't coming out. <laughs> if you lived in Waco as a kid in the 90s, that's because that's where the Branch Davidians yeah. were. And so, yeah. I, anytime you say Waco, I like if you say Adidas, uh, automatically, yeah. I can't think of Waco and not think of crazy people with guns. Like, I can. Mm-hmm. It's I feel bad for the whole city and anything in Waco. And they weren't even in Waco. That's the funny part. They were like 25 minutes north of Waco, but Waco was the nearest town. But it worked for Waco, the Waco of Waco. So, it just – it worked. <sighs> Sorry, Waco. I actually drove out to that Mount Carmel thing and visited the little um, – memorial and stuff out there there's one for the branch davidians and then down the road there's a fit one for the other federal officers that were killed ah um that's yeah, a fucked up deal anyway it does uh also uh sponsors uh, wiregrass exotics go visit everybody's wi- at wiregrass exotics over in ozark alabama for all your feeder and reptile needs check them out they just had a reptile show in dothan alabama which is my hometown uh i don't know how they did i forgot to ask how they did in there but they were at the show which is actually the first reptile show I ever went to was in Dothan, Alabama. That's where I got my, my rainbow boa. Um, oh, I also want to make sure you know our promo code for VivTech. I need to order a VivTech light bulb. So get your VivTech LED UVB bulbs with promo code GUMBO22. That's no spaces there. GUMBO22. And it's 15% off. So if you've thought about trying a VivTech bulb, here's your chance. Go order one. Get 15% off. Get you a couple of bulbs. Get you a reader. Uh don't listen to the stupid Facebook groups that keep telling you that their bulbs won't work. I'm so tired of those groups. As soon as someone's like, hey, what what uh, UVB bulb should I use? I'll post that. And then someone goes, 
Those don't work, uh, says the person who does not have one currently in their collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a sulcata that is growing like crazy with a nice smooth shell. Looks great. Eating. Yes, wonderful. So I'm going to go with they work. So go get you a UVB bulb from VivTech. Uh, also, I just want to give a shout out again. I do it every now and then to our buddies over at Focus Cube because I still love this sign behind me. Check out Focus Cube if you're looking for like a showpiece cage. It, crazy stuff that they make over there. I'm, I'm impressed every time I see something that they post with their perches and the way they set that up on the inside. What the Howdies do over there are amazing. Am I missing anybody? Oh, our giveaway. So we are going to do our giveaway. I'll wait and do our giveaway at the end. But I do want to mention our giveaway for last month was a U.S. ARC membership. And then Sean over at Herps matched that with another U.S. ARC membership. So we moved and went ahead and we were going to extend it into this month, into July. So all you got to do is go over to our Facebook page, find the post pinned at the top of the page. Tell us your favorite guest out of the 100 and now 23 episodes. All you do is give us a name of 123 episodes. And uh, you're put in for the giveaway. So we'll do our giveaway for last month since we didn't have a show last week. We'll do our giveaway for last month uh, towards the end of the show. And then you still have the rest of this month to get in on another giveaway for July. Go ahead and get you a free U.S. ARC membership or we'll extend your current U.S. ARC membership. Or you can gift it to somebody, whatever you want to do. But it's free. All you got to do is tell us your favorite guest out of 123 episodes. Not that hard. Pretty simple. Pretty easy. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in our guest so we can get to talking to our guest. Uh, I'm not going to try his last name because I already told him I would butcher it. But Victor from J Baby's Reptiles. How's it going, Victor? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I, I definitely would have butchered it just as much as I would butcher the name of the person in our chat from C Anal Side Exotics. <laughs> uh, most people, I'm pretty sure it's Canal Side. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's C Anal Side. Uh, most people know Victor. He's been on several podcasts. He's been on in the chat of uh, tons of podcasts for sure. Um, you were on 15 minutes of lame with, with Chris, yes, which is always interesting. <laughs> yeah. I had some fun with that one. I butchered that up though, but uh, I was just having fun. Ah, no if you can ruin Chris's, uh, Chris's uh, podcast all for it. Anybody out there that wants to try to get on there, feel free to make it sound horrible. I'm all for Chris having to suffer through that. Chris <laughs> also likes to talk about, uh, kids. Make sure you bring up kids as much as you can. He I'll bring them on. Kids and ball pythons. Those are those are Chris Eaton's favorite things to discuss. There you go. Hypo. Yeah. Hypo, ball Hypo and Huffman. Hi- Hypo Huffman's are Chris's thing. He loves them. And if you can get yeah. him a picture of a Hypo Huffman being held by a child, loves it even more. There you go. Yep. How are you guys doing this evening? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It is just, uh, too hot to be sitting 20. outside, man. Well, it is hot out here, yes. Out here in Florida, it's, I don't like the heat. But uh, I just turned forty-five, and that was a blessing, bro. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, so I thought we. So I thought we were friends on Facebook. And every time I go to type your name in, it wouldn't pop up. I'm like, why is it not popping up? So I went to your Facebook page today, and I was like, because he unfriended you. No, he sent me a friend request, and I never <laughs> accepted it. Apparently. Ah, so you were the. So asshole. I was the asshole. So I finally <laughs> accepted it, and it's like, here's all this stuff about Victor you haven't seen. And I there saw you that go. you had just had a birthday. I was going to say happy yeah. belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I had some uh, friends that came up from New York, which I consider family. And, Wait, you're uh, we from New York? To... I could not tell. Yes, I am. That, I am that from the Bronx. That accent is so uh, so slight. I couldn't tell at all, Victor. Well, I mean, coming down here, I've been here about eight years now, so I'm guessing I'm kind of like changing my accent a bit. So, um, but uh, yeah, you mess with me, you're gonna see the region come out of me. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is, there's not really a Florida accent. Unless you get to like the panhandle and then it's just redneck. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
where I live is is all country out here. So yeah, but your far where are you at? Go. I'm in Wesley Chapel, Where's which it? is like 40 minutes north of Tampa. Yeah, it's still not. Yeah, you're not. You're not up in the what we re- used to refer to as L.A., which was just Lower Alabama. Um, yeah, that's but, what the Panhandle is. But the Panhandle, it's it's just it's it's not. Florida is a weird place. Yep. Anytime I see a story that starts with Florida, man, I'm like, oh, I'm reading that shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's gonna be something crazy. Florida man oh, yeah. eats neighbor's face. I'm always impressed when it's not Florida, right? Oh, Florida, you see Florida that? Florida man messes with alligator or crocodile. Right. Florida man catches alligator in trash can. Yeah. Yeah. That one's yeah. been going around again lately. That was impressive. That guy. Was, that was man. impressed. That was not that, like that, an. That was. Yeah. That, that alligator was, was every bit of five feet. Yeah. And that trash can is about four feet tall. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen the new well, legislation Florida's trying to pass? There, I'm sure yeah. you have. What are you going to do if Florida passes that legislation, man? I have no idea. Move to Texas? <laughs> I would like to. Actually, I would like to go to Tennessee. Tennessee is yeah. nice. There's a, so we've been, um, we, uh, Rachel and I have been considering some changes. And uh, we were talking to some friends this weekend. And they were like, everybody's moving to Tennessee. Tennessee has big snake laws, though. Yeah. So where we were at, we're four hours from Memphis and an hour and a half from Little Rock. So, um, all the people that you meet on the lake are either from Memphis or from Little Rock. Yeah. And we met a lot of people from Memphis and they're all like, don't move to Memphis. Memphis fucking sucks. They actually told me, they said, cause when I was talking to one guy, I was like, yeah, we were supposed to have a reptile show there a couple of years ago, but we ended up not doing it. He was like, where are they going to hold it at? I was like, Graceland. He goes, that is literally the worst part of Memphis. <laughs> well, even Repticon doesn't hold it in Memphis. They hold it over in Mississippi. Yeah. So, um, I don't yeah. know, ten- Tennessee has large, like large constrictor laws. Yeah, and I worry about any state with large constrictor laws because it's not a far reach for them to just spread that to other snakes as as they want to. And any state that already has some sort of law in the books, it's much easier for that state to continue adding laws in the books. And so I worry about that. I knew a guy that uh, he lived in Tennessee, just across the border into Tennessee from Alabama, and he had huge like anacondas and retics and berms. And I went over to his house to check them all out. But he'd very rarely let anybody know because he lived in Tennessee. And the moment he flipped over to Alabama and moved, yeah, he got social media. And he was yeah. like, hey, look what I have. Yeah. So what all I've, – I've looked at the Florida stuff, and I'm assuming since you live there, you've looked at it a little more. What exactly are they proposing besides everything being illegal? I believe that the, the latest one I saw was they want us to report any injuries that we, we get from animals and thus um, basically exposing our medical history. To the public, and uh, yeah, that's against the, one of the amendments. So wow. that's uh, yeah. Then I'm going to need everybody that's ever been bit by a chihuahua to also release their medical files, or a cat, or a cat, or a, cat. Or a yeah. hamster, mm-hmm. or any anything. You should start like releasing all your med- like. I got bit by a mosquito today. I got bit yeah. by again, again. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's crazy. I saw the list. It's it's weird because they're putting a list of things. Like ball pythons were on that list, rainbow boas That's were on that great. list. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything. Like my my collection was on that list. Besides like some sand boas, I'm good with sand boas. I think I believe Florida is like the central hub for the U.S. So if they can get their foot into Florida, they can have their way throughout any other state in the U.S. Which is crazy because when it comes to reptiles, and I guess it's kind of while we're in a lot of the situation, but when it comes to reptiles. They're the number one place for like breeders and businesses and import and all that stuff. Yeah. So and I'm I, just a hobbyist right now. I'm not even considered, um, you know, 
legit breeder. I just got I just got my uh, what is it my class three license to sell. So I've had it now for about two years. So I'm just like a entry level breeder. But that means you're like a, you're on yeah. somebody's radar there though. They know now exactly. that you have them. So here yep. it is. Animal keepers are concerned that the government are requiring people to divulge private medical history is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, they want you to divulge yep. your. That's mm-hmm. so stupid, man. Yep. But my thing is, what does that solve? I own. If how, only they could have uploaded a document that you could actually read. But I own however many snakes. I'm, I'm not going to. If I get bit by one, I'm not going to the hospital. No. Like, that's exactly. not an issue for me. So, really, it's only if you get bit, like. A venomous snake, and that's already on file because they went to the hospital. Like you know, yeah. a venomous snake is on. I, it seems pointless. It doesn't seem to, to solve anything. That seems like someone who doesn't understand what it's like to keep snakes. As a, well, it obviously is someone who doesn't understand what it's like to keep reptiles in general as a pet. Like, if your bearded dragon bites you, you're not going to the doctor for help. Yeah, that was like. I think it's. I think it's maintain. I think it's towards uh, venomous and like large retics, yeah, or large constrictors. That was like uh, I told you. I think it was two weeks ago when we were on. Someone posted a picture of them in the ER with a boa constrictor wrapped around their arm. And everybody's like, "Why the fuck did you go to the hospital?" Right. <laughs> well, like I know a guy here. I'm not saying where or names, but he got bitten by a gaboon, and he lived in a city where they were not legal, in a oh, county wow. in a county where they were not legal, and had a very large collection of venomous snakes. Very well known. Well, his friend who was with him there freaked out and called nine one one. Turns out it was a dry bite, uh, and he knew it was a dry bite. Yeah. Within minutes, he wasn't feeling any pain. And no burn, yeah. No burn, no nothing. And uh, it was a baby gaboon that they were uh, putting in a deli cup to sell. Oh, and wow. uh, that city – so I know the um, – I went to the police academy with their uh, city inspector. What do you call them? Their code enforcement officer. And he knew I was into snakes and knew it was local. So he called me and I'm like, I knew all about it. I'm like, yeah, I, well, I better not say much because, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my place to say anything. So I didn't, I was like, I don't know. I don't know shit, man. Uh, I know people keep snakes, but I don't know where or anything like that. So yeah. they ended up, uh, he had enough time to get everything out, luckily, and moved it out to a county where it's legal. He's got a facility now and everything's, yeah. He had a very, very good facility already. But now he has an even better one. But yeah, they uh they were gonna when they he still got fined pretty heavily because they they saw some of the snakes and got pictures of them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, See again, I I have no issue with areas having laws against owning stuff unpermitted. I'm okay with a permit system. I mean, yeah. I think Florida's permit system is is drastic. Uh, but I do like the idea of you have to have so many hours and this and that. And and I'm okay with that. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of everybody knowing what the fuck I have and where I live. They can look it up on a registry. Uh, was it was it California where someone released like the registry of like gun owners or something? Dude. Um, it wasn't the state that did it. It was some hackers that did it. But it was the state of New York. Yes. See. I would worry about like that. I don't want people to know what I have. Not because like I'm afraid they'll show up and like I get arrested or anything. I don't want people to steal anything. I don't have anything overly expensive, but you don't know how crazy people are. And I don't want anybody knowing what I have in my house. So they're changing the, they want to change the wording from, uh, so I guess if you have any exotic animal in Florida, you have to have a license. Yeah. Like period. Yeah. Um, and that's a recent thing, right? That's not. You shall report any injury now, not 
they're taken out or bite resulting from there. So they're taking those out. So it's any injury from such wildlife, which results in treatment beyond basic first aid. Um, except if occurring to the licensee and employee authorized a corporate authorized individual to license, blah, 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 blah. Uh, such injury shall be reported immediately or as soon as practicable to the FWC division law. So yeah, if you're selling a snake and it bites a kid and they got to get a bandaid, that's more than basic first aid. I don't understand the out, like the reasoning behind that is what I, I don't get. Yeah. Nothing arises from you knowing someone gets bit by a venomous snake. They go to the hospital and they get anti venom. Or well, you, we know that happened. Like they went to the hospital, they got anti venom. You know, if someone gets bit by a retic, right, and they just go to the doctor and they go, look, I, I tore my, I, I got caught on a nail or something. I just need to get it stitched up. Yeah. Like even if we're gonna outlaw nails. Well, that's the problem. Like, what if someone crashes a four by four, like a, a side by side? Right. And hurts themselves and has to go to the ER. I guarantee you more children are killed from crashing four by side by sides and four wheelers every yeah. year than are ever than are killed by snakes in a fifty year period. But you don't need a permit or a license to own that. Nope. I've always thought it's crazy. I don't know about in other states, but in Texas, I right now can go buy a boat up to so many ton of soap which it's a fairly large boat. And I can go launch that bitch in the water. Just go. And have twin three fifties on the back and do ninety miles an hour through the freaking bay. No training, no licensing, nothing. Yeah, and we just had the 4th of July, which is a weekend where shit like that happens and people die all the time. Well, we were at that lake this I'll weekend. Their hands up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a guy here in San Antonio who put a mortar shell on his head, killed him. Go figure. Oh, wow. Split his fucking skull. He gone. That's crazy. Like at that lake we were at this weekend in, in Arkansas. Um, we were backing out of a boat out of a, the where we got gas yeah. and the guy who owns the boat he saw a, a pontoon boat pulling out of the other dock, the other gas pump, and it's a rental boat because they still have the. Yeah. He's like, get away, get away, get away. He's like, move, move, move. We got to get away from these rental boats. He's like, because these people come out here yeah. and they rent these pontoon boats and they have no fucking clue how to drive. And he's like, look how banged up all the pontoon boats, the rental boats are. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, how much is it to rent one? He said, 1500 bucks a day plus that's fuel. Wild. And see, and, like, that's, and that's legal and, they, and that's fine. They'll yeah. do it no, bar, no problem. But Victor wants to go buy a ball python and now he's going to have to be on some list and it's illegal and he can get it like. That's fucking crazy. All right, so they're they're gonna they're trying to change. Is it all class three animals or class one animals? They never specified. I saw the list though. The list they had was insanely long, and it had some like ridiculous things on it. And they, and my problem with it also is a lot of it is they take these things that are already invasive in Florida. They're like, all right, now it's legal to own them. Well, they're already fucking there. All boas. Yeah. All boa constrictor species. African clawed frogs. My problem is like, okay, look, because I saw knife fish. Clown knives are on there because you can catch clown knives in Florida. Big ass clown knives in Florida. Species that are on the list but have not yet been assessed. So they they banned the green iguanas and the Argentine black and white tegus without the assessment. Yeah. They've already assessed boas and clawed frogs and found they've been high risk but have not yet been banned. Species that are on the list but have not yet been assessed include ball python, carpet python, bloods, rainbow boas, all monitor lizards, all agamas, Matamatas and Sulcatas, among many others. So they have to, they may ban them without doing the assessment either and be like, nope, that's it, gone. I just, I mean, if they're already there, they're there. You stopping somebody from owning a Burmese python in Florida doesn't stop the ones that already live in the Everglades. Like, yep. you just banning them as pets doesn't automatically mean, all right, well, they'll eventually die out in the wild. No, they're fucking there. They live there. Mm-hmm. 
If I want to go catch chameleons, I can do it because they're already there. Coatabundi's on the list. I mean, I want to go to Florida just for fishing. I want to go catch a peacock, mm-hmm. peacock bass, which were put there by Florida Wildlife uh, Fisheries and Wildlife. Right. I mean, they, were, they put them there on purpose. All cool climate chameleons, whatever that means. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Yep. So let's get back to Victor. Victor, what do you? I, I want to ask you what you own, but legally, tell us what, tell us what you own without getting arrested. What do you own, Victor? <laughs> I own colubrids and pythons. Both, both pythons. For now. For now. For now. Yeah. So uh, I got three species of uh, colubrids. No, actually four. Mainly all king snakes. Three of which are milks. I got the uh, Pueblo milks. Honduran milks, and I just recently acquired some black milks. Yeah, I think that's one thing people don't realize, that milk snakes and king snakes are the same thing. Yeah, they are. They're the the same thing. Like, we give them a different name and act like they're different, but they're the same thing. They are. And then I got my uh, pair of uh, Mexican black kings. Everybody's got Mexican. I've got one Mexican black king. I'll take it back. Katie has mm, Who feeds it? (laughs) Who gives it water? Who takes care of it? Exactly. I've got one. Uh... John. John Green says he loves I, – I would love – you know what? I would not mind a black milk snake. I have looked for him at shows. You just never see him. And then the couple yeah. times I have seen him, I don't have the money to buy him. And yeah. so we've got – we have decided there are no new animals coming into our home for the foreseeable future. Not with the way – dude, I've, I've seen two people today that are selling collections, their entire collections that I never, ever – would have thought ever would have thought would be selling out. And they're now, like, this fuck, this is this. And these are guys who I consider to be good businessmen who are like, this business is going in the shitter. But are those guys selling out? Did they get into it with the idea of turning this into a business or have they been keeping reptiles for years as pets and then started to breed? Both of them have had them for years. Did they? I yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine getting, like, I've seen this post uh, of people getting out, but like, I can't, get out i can't because that, that's me like right it's the fuck would i do i will never not have reptiles yeah i can't do that uh, but i also didn't i don't own reptiles in my snake room with a thought of all right i need to breed this to this so right. i can make this money this is a business purchase i'm but i if i bought a snake it's because this looks cool and if i'm breeding a snake, it's like this would be cool and if i make money i make money but so i mean i guess i get it if you, if you bought in which a lot of people bought into certain things for it to be a business. And if it's no longer profitable and you don't find joy in cleaning up snake shit and taking out a snake that bites you every now and then, then I see getting out of it. But like, Victor, you own king snakes. You get bit all the time, yeah. I'm sure. All the time. Yeah. There's no way you can do that. Because I mean, one, it's colubrid. It shits all the time. And they're king snakes. That's they're going right. to fucking bite you. So of there's course. no way you can do that without it just being a passion for you. Like, I can see you going. I could. I could turn this into a business, but it can't be the only reason you do it. No, I've. I've. Um. Always had a passion for king snakes, especially when I got into this hobby. Um. But um. Yeah, king snakes. They're notorious biters, especially when they're like food driven. I Which is all my, the time. Yeah, my Mexican black king male, as uh, cranky as he could be, man, that dude just loves to bite. No matter, even after I feed him, he's always looking for something to eat. Whether it's my fingers or whatever I throw in there. Yeah, I know my speckled king will eat every day. If my speckled king didn't eat, then I'd be like, oh, no, it's sick. Yes. I guess that's the good thing with king snakes. If you're like, oh, no, because outside of babies, you know, baby, any snake can be some if you hear or there. But once they're eating, if a king snake decides to turn down a meal, you're like, oh, shit, what's happened? Yeah, something's wrong. Um, What was I going to say now? Uh, 
Speckled king snakes are on my radar. I would like to get a pair of those eventually, but uh, I have to make some room for those. Got They're... too many Hondurans. <laughs> <laughs> I love speckled. I've got one female. Robert's got a pair. I got a a good looking pair. I almost ended up with another one the other day. Really? Wild caught uh, or uh... the? Um, yes, they're both yes. wild caught. Nice. The, but they're both calm. The male is a long term captive. Okay. The female, she was about a week in captivity when I got her, but she, uh, she's awesome. Yeah. But my plan with her, honestly, um, I've kept her quarantined. Uh, I think I'm going to pair her. Actually, when I got her, she was in shed, and the person who collected her is like, man, that might be her pre lay shed because she felt and looked like she was gravid, but she shed and never laid. Yeah. Because okay. um, if she would have laid, I would have thrown those eggs in the incubator and taken her back out where he caught her and let her go. Yeah. Uh, which we still may do that. That's cool. I know so. back in 2017, 2016, my boys, they found a black racer on the side of our church and um, she was gravid. And when I caught her, we just left her where she was, just not to disturb her so she could lay. The following week, we just found a clutch of eggs there. And everybody wanted to mess with them, so I took them home and uh, decided, hey, let me try to incubate them on my own. And uh, out of, I think, 12 of them, three of them hatched, and then we wound up releasing them back into the wild. It was pretty cool. Three seems to be the magic number for you in wild eggs. I saw another post you made. Yeah, yeah. My son, he, he found a clutch of, he found a turtle laying eggs by his school. A bunch of kids were messing with them, so he decided to do the good thing and take them home, asking me, hey, you got something I could put these in? I say I throw them in one of the egg boxes, and um, out of 12, 10 or 12, only three of them survived. So I'm just waiting for them to absorb their embryo, and then I'm just going to release them back into the wild. Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've tried that before, Someone, but someone like found the eggs in the yard, and then they, they've been jostled around. They finally got to me, and I, they never hatched for me. I tried. Because... Uh, mm-hmm the house we have in Louisiana, I mean, there are just crap tons of turtles around there and they'll crawl up in your garden and start laying eggs all the time. Oh yeah. I got a pond next door to me at my neighbor's house and all the turtles come to my yard to lay eggs and around December they start emerging and you see all these little baby turtles where you cut in the grass You try to hit them with the lawnmower and you find out you got all these turtles just crawling around. It's crazy. So how long I've, – I've listened to your other interviews, so I'm trying not to repeat a lot of stuff. But how long have you been into uh, having your colubrids and all? Uh, if you want to go back to my earliest time when I first got into them, I was 15 when I caught my first garter snake up in my uncle's house up in Poughkeepsie, New York. And um, I had a, a fascination with them. But before that, I was deathly afraid of any snake. I see one in the yard just crawling around, and I jump, and that was it. But um, after looking at pictures and books and uh, kind of being educated on them, I kind of had an appreciation for them. And then just knowing what kind of snakes were out there, the patterns and colors, I just grew to love them. So I, after that, I want to say about 20 years now, <laughs> on and off, more or less. Yeah. I, see, I like Kluber. I just Kluber's just they poop too much for me. I can't get past that yes. part. Yeah, they do. But kings, there's so many different types when you come to king, when it comes well, to king snakes. Just get a pituophis, and then it won't seem like the Kluber's poop so much. I do. I have two pituophis. You do. They shit all the time, don't they? They do. It's annoying. Or but, get. No, I'm sorry. Get some. Get say into the dry. Dry mark on. No. 
Yeah. And they'll, they'll poop and then play in it for you. That's true. And then you'll be like, I love my colubrids. They don't hardly shit at all. That's true. <laughs> they they do shit, but man, I do love Louisiana pines. If I was going to, another king snake, I would love to get an Apalachicola king. Oh, man. I was about, I was so tempted at the last reptile show I went to to pick up a pair of those. And the guy that was breeding them said, listen, those things are gorgeous when they're babies, but as they get older, they just dull out. They brown out. They just look ugly. He said he's working on a pair that gets bright red or orange as it gets older. So I'm hoping to see what this thing looks like, and uh, I'll probably get a pair of those. They uh, they do they do kind of dull out. I just I, I know the area. I've been there before, so that's kind of cool and locale. And it's funny. Uh, my roommate in college, his now wife, uh, she showed me it was a documentary on national geographic once of a guy who was going to that area to look for Apalachicola kings and her father worked with some department or whatever and oddly enough he was in the national geographic like sat down at lunch with the guy that was in the thing and i was like wait that's her dad and it was all about Apalachicola kings and since then i was like that's kind of a cool connection i just really like them uh yeah those but- are good i like the speckled kings and the desert kings those are my two favorite Darren wants that chat says he's got a blood python that shits twice a year. I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were like, Yeah, my blood python finally shit. I've had it for 19 months. The, and I'm wow. like, What? They're so, like, I didn't know that. I listened to, um, oh, I don't want to get the podcast name wrong because I know I will. Hold on. And I should know it. Strictly Shorties because it's, it's April's. Yeah. I listened to April's recent podcast episode on Strictly Shorties. And I, the one thing I've always found funny about them versus all the other snakes, and, and, and Victor knows this, you know. Snakes are born or hatched, and and what do you wait for before you feed them? Wait for them to shed. Wait for them to shed. But you can't fucking do that with blood pythons because it takes them half a year to shed mm-hmm. once they're born. So, like, if you wait for them to shed, they'd just be sitting there starving to death. So, it's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing to me to be like, oh, no, they're hatched. Wait a couple weeks, and then let's go ahead and feed them. And you're still waiting yeah. months for them to shed. Mm-hmm. And then when they go to the bathroom, like. Like uh, JT says, they, they they piss like a bucket of liquid when they go to the bathroom. Yeah. Granted, it's only every so often, but it's still I don't know. It's they uh they are a, a weird group. Smell it just oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> They're just a weird group of snakes. All the all those short tails, the bloods, and all that. Um, and I like them. I just can't get past the getting bit by them. And I know someone out there is going, they don't do that. And like I know that, but in my head, just like you know, nineteen nineties retics, they all want to bite me and they all want to kill me. And that's. Yep. <laughs> Travis Wyman just posted a in on his personal page a picture a video of two isopods making baby isopods, and he just put Rule Thirty Four. And I'm sure most people don't know what Rule Thirty Four is. Rule Thirty Four is that uh, the belief that there is internet pornography out there on every single conceivable subject. And that <laughs> there just you go. I, it can along. Believe, I can I can believe that. Uh, first time Katie saw that, she was looking at the ice pod. She's like, wait, what are they doing? I was like, oh, they're fucking. Oh, yeah. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's 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 what they do. Back and forth. They, yeah. look, they look goofy as hell and they do it. And they just don't make the funny noises like sulcatas. That's That is true. I remember <laughs> as a kid going to a zoo and just standing there hearing, uh, 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 and just goes on. Oh, and it's man. loud, too. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's awkward for everyone. It's not awkward. Like, you see animals having sex. But it's just the it's the timing of the noise and how <laughs> they 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 make the noise at the right time and the mouth wide yeah. open and like he's giving it all he's got and she's just like sitting there like all right what so you guys got me to try Mexican food in Alexandria and it was good right yeah so that made me this weekend in Greer's Ferry Arkansas try Mexican food it was not good it was fucking amazing oh was it yeah they didn't even speak English in there I was yeah. like okay this work 
Food was so good. You gotta you gotta find the places I, where just, Mexicans moved to for work or whatever, and then they opened up. Mexican mind restaurants. blown that I could get good Mexican food outside of Houston. Well, like I said, in, in Alexandria, like right outside of Alexandria, there's tons of nurseries. It's like the nursery capital of the United States. Yeah, we drove through, I think, all of them, and we yeah. left that day. And so there's a huge Hispanic population. Yeah. So you can find decent Mexican food there because we huge ordered Hispanic population chicken beef mixed fajitas for two. And he was like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's like 18 bucks, man. How much could it be?" And Rachel and I ate until we were stuffed, and we took home two to-go boxes full yeah. of peppers and onions and meat, and it, it was. Uh, uh, fucking plate was like a foot long by a half a foot wide and was so piled up it was just falling off Victor how often back there how often do you get called Mexican every day no no I just thinking because I know this thing like like Puerto Ricans always get called Mexican and I'm like way different and then if you get far enough Florida it's Cubans and they're way not Mexican yeah it's not even close. No, I have not, I have not yet. The, I haven't had the uh, opportunity to call the Mexican yet. Come to come Texas. I'm sure it'll happen. John Grant uh, wants to know how big is your largest Honduran? Uh, she is about four and a half feet. My uh, dark tangerine Honduran. Uh, she's about. She's the biggest one that I got. She's about four and a half. Nice. I couldn't tell you the difference between any of those milk snakes. I couldn't either, but my twelve year old can. I think I know what a, Pue- a Pueblo looks like. I mean, I watched him walk up to a vendor at a show last year. Correct. Like, I remember that. Correct. Yeah, and being like, "Hey, why are you trying to sell that Nelsons as a Pueblo?" And oh, the vendor that's was what like, happens. "The vendor was like, yeah, what?" Okay. He's like, "Yeah, you have four hundred dollars on that. That's about a hundred dollars snake." And then walked off. I'm <laughs> just yeah, eleven year old kid him. tells him that. <laughs> good for him. Uh, yeah. I got duped when I got when I got my uh, pair of a hundred. Well, I thought it was a pair. Back in 2019, uh, I was at a Repticon show, and this guy was selling a pair. Of Hondurans, one albino, one the dark one that I have, and uh, it turns out the uh, the albino male was an actual albino Nelson's. Oh, and I asked the guy, I said, "Hey, is this is this a Honduran or a Nelson?" Oh no, it's a Honduran. That's what I was told. It's whatever and, you want it to um, be. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that I bought sucks. The pair and uh, tried to breed them, and nothing happened. And then I found out, yeah, this is a Nelson. So that sucks. So, That's uh, so. On April's podcast, they were talking about, um, you know, getting a snake and it coming in and being the wrong sex, and people need to kind of, kind of relax on that. Like it happens. It's, you yeah. know, depending on how the breeder handles it, can also affect the situation. But it happens. But mm-hmm. the wrong, the wrong species is an issue. Like that, that, that shouldn't happen. Yes. Yeah. You should know your species. Like I've talked yeah. before on here. I, I got a boa. It was the wrong sex. I messaged him. We proved it, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." They gave me some of the money back. And then a year later, out of nowhere, they contacted me when the pairing happened again to, and sold me a discounted female that looked very much like the male that I bought from the same pairing, which I thought was an amazing way for a breeder to handle that. Yeah. Not only did they, on, on the first snake, take money off of it and send me money back, which was great. I didn't ask for it, but they did. I wanted to keep the snake anyways. And then they, on their own time, went back and found me and offered me another snake at the right sex, which was great. And that was one of the things... Um, on on April's podcast, they were talking about was if you buy a snake, especially for for breeding purposes or even as pet purposes, buy it for the look. Like if you're if you especially if you're breeding, buy it for the look. And then if it ends up being the wrong sex, you can still find a way to make that work in your project, right? So John Grant said other people thought that snake was a female too. <laughs> I know, I know, JT. I, yeah, I know. Did he sex it also? Huh? Did he sex it also and thought it was a female? I, I went to him first that's before JT. That's, and then JT popped it and 
it was definitely not a female. Oh, okay. So other people before him. What? Yeah. Another. Okay. Another I'm vendor. You. I'm with you. No, JT popped in. It was definitely a, definitely had a penis. That was. Or it two. Was, it had two. They were both there. I could feel both of them before he popped it. Um, but that was the thing. Like if, if you, if you pick a snake online and you pick it for what it looks like and all the traits that it has, then it won't hurt as much if it's the wrong sex. Cause you can probably still work it into some projects, but if yeah. you can pick a snake and it ends up being the wrong species, th- that may ruin some plans. Yeah, it kind of did, but <laughs> I made it work to my advantage. It wound up breeding with one of my Pueblins who I thought was sexed as a male. It turned out to be a female when she laid eggs. And that surprised me. And then the babies came out gorgeous because they were half Nelsons, half Pueblins. So when they escaped, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people had this, babies escaping, my wife made an agreement with me. If any of them escaped, they have to go. So I sold it to a reptile store. I'm not going to name who it was, but I sold it to them as such. They're half Pueblins, half Nelsons. They said, nope, it can't be a hybrid. We have to sell it either or. And I said, well, you do what you want. I'm selling to you as this, and so be it. Now, years later, I went to look for a male Pueblin to breed to my female Pueblins, and I came across two people on the internet who had two of my babies who sold them as Pueblins. So when I seen them, I recognized them as such, and I'm like, hey, where did you get these from? And they said what store they got them from, and I said, what year was this? They told me the year, and I said, yeah, that's my snake. Well, how do you know? Because I sold it to them. And here's the pictures. I showed them the proof. I said, I would like to get that back into my collection because it's gorgeous. But it's just, you know. See, that's one of the problems I, with, with hybrids. Like, I'm not against, you, you know, you have the purists in the hobby who, who refuse for anything to cross. But again, as it's been said on many other podcasts, we're, we're breeding snakes in boxes. We're not, this is not the wild. Um, and if you want to breed two snakes to mix together to make it look the way you want it to look, then fucking have at it. But that is the problem where it comes is people not keeping up their end of the bargain. If you have a snake and you know what it is, it is your, your duty to tell that person you sell it to what it is. So they don't misrepresent yep. it later on. And so yep. they don't mm-hmm. do something wrong. Yeah. But that's now, the last cut. No, go ahead. I was going to say the last pair that I kept, I wound up giving it to uh, Billy Hunt. So uh-huh. I asked him to, take care of them and uh, see what they produce. So he's telling me they're doing very well. Hopefully they'll produce in another year or two. I can't wait to see what the babies look like because uh, one of the baby the baby males, I think it is, is a apricot Pueblin mixed with the Nelson. And then the other one is a classic Pueblin mixed with Nelson. So they're two color phases. So I can't wait to see what their the babies look. And then on top of that, they got uh, albino blood in them. Oh, that's so, cool. Oh, yeah. I love so Billy. He, he's awesome. He'll do a great job with that. Yeah, he, you know, he's he's an awesome dude, man. He's come to my house a couple of times, helped me out, a bunch of stuff. Uh, especially this year with my female Pueblin. She was egg bound, so he came over to help me assist with that. Um, he was an awesome dude with that. That is one thing with uh, Florida and Texas. The, the things that, I, that I've enjoyed moving to Texas and the thing that is great about Florida is that the, uh, the hobby is so large in both states mm-hmm. that there are tons of people in those areas that you can get together with and hang out with and see on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Whereas if you live in some of these uh, areas like in the middle of the state away from larger cities and all that, it's very hard. And, uh, and I've talked about before prior to social media, you know, that's when I kind of got into the hobby before social media was big. You, you really felt alone on an island when it came to keeping. Yeah. 
And then when social media came out, you realize, oh shit, someone five houses down keeps something that I keep. You know, wow. someone in the next town does. So you can you can start to really meet people. And so that's cool where you're located. I know there's a lot of people around where you're located that are in the hobby. There's yeah. a lot of reptile stores yeah. around where you're located too. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. That would be great. I like, I said, I like Kings. I just, I don't know. There's also just, just so many. I wouldn't even know where to start when it comes to a lot of them. There's so many Kings. Yeah, there are. And, and the problem again is if maybe not as much now, but originally people would just get whatever they got and breed whatever they got. And mm-hmm. so there's so many mutt king snakes out there now because of that. So yeah. Especially uh, when you go to pet stores, like a lot of times at pet stores, it's very hard at a general pet store to go, oh, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. And now with the Hondurans, it's like they're classified as hobby Hondurans because the, I guess throughout the years, <clears throat> people have been mixing them with other kinds of milks just to get the looks and the colors they want. And um, if you didn't get it from a direct breeder from back in the days, yeah, your, your milk steak is considered a hobby, hobby Honduran. So that's what I have right now. So hey, Your dad does not give you a break, does he? Fuck Fuck you, old man. My dad in the chat said I must be old for this before social media and that I'd start having back issues, which I do. If anybody sees me moving a lot, I hurt my back last week. And it it's funny. I listened to two other podcasts this week. I listened to Morelia Python Radio and Eric Burke talked about turning the wrong way and tweaking his back and it hurt. And then I listened to Reptile Fight Club and I think it was Chuck who talked about turning and hurting his back. I like, remember shit. last week I had the neck problem from sleeping fucking weird. Yeah. I spent a whole week like this. And going to the chiropractor and not being able to move my head without excruciating pain because I slept funny. I don't even have a fun story. I leaned forward in a chair. That was all. <laughs> I leaned forward thing. in a chair. My back was like, oh, nope, you're not going to do that today. I always like it when like a parent calls me old. And I'm like, well, then what does that make you? Oh, no, he knows he's old. Like my mom. She's always like, how are you 42 when I'm only 29? <laughs> <laughs> I've met your mom. I know she would say that. Yes. Oh, anyways, so, uh, oh, I so listened to the podcast. I did listen to Reptile Fight Club this week. Have you listened to that one, Victor? I've heard a couple of them. I didn't listen to the recent one, though. The recent one was, the argument was, uh, field herping makes you a better keeper. And uh, I can see both sides. Like I, I get, if you go out into the wild and you see the animal, the animal you keep, and you see it in the wild, that could help. But the problem is, you, I think you'd really need to see the animal you keep 365 days a year to get an idea yeah. Right. If if I go out into the wild and I see a corn snake laying in the middle of a pile of leaves, that's a snapshot of what that corn snake's doing. Or if I see a corn mm-hmm. snake on a branch, it's a snapshot of what the, I'm not automatically going to set it up like a green tree python because it was on a branch. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I see where field herping. I think, I don't know. I, I think that I can go field herping and it not do anything for me also. I mean, I keep sand boas. So field herping here is not going to do shit for me as far as keeping sand boas. Yeah. Uh, but I think field herping gives you a better appreciation for the animals. Yes, it does. You know, I, I a lot of people have only ever kept reptiles in a tank in their house, and they've never seen a snake in the wild. But it's so cool to go out in the wild and flip over a log, and there be a snake, right? Mm-hmm. And that yep. feeling is is way to me way better than going in and opening a tub and seeing a snake, which doesn't take yeah. away from the feeling I get from that. It doesn't take away from the feeling I have for the animals. But field herping is something. It's fun to do. And when we go back to those people that got into the hobby as a business, I can see where field herping would not be fun for them to do because that's not – the animal to me is not their true passion. So walking around in 85-degree temperature with 80% humidity, sweating your ass off to find one newt under a rock probably isn't going to do it for you. Right. But for me, that would be freaking awesome. 
Yeah, um, Phil Harkin for me. I, I like to go Phil Harkin just to look for the venomous snakes. Yeah, you and have... I've only seen two out here so far, and they were by accident. What did you see? Uh, one was a coral snake when I took my kids fishing. Oh, that's awesome. I went looking through the leaves for worms, and I came across a coral snake. That was awesome. And then the second one, I was around my neighborhood fl- flipping wood. Don't say for it better not be what I want to see. Don't black say racers? No, you're, no, 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 no. What, what no, venomous no. did you see? And then I saw a pygmy rattler. I almost stepped oh, that's on cool. it. That's cool. No, I was going to yeah, say, if you saw an Easter Dimeback, I was going to be pissed. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm dying to see one of those. I get pictures of those all the time from my family. Hey, listen, I was just walking through this park and I seen this cross in my bath. What is it? And I'm like, it's a large Eastern Diamondback. Where is it now? Oh, that was like a week ago. I'm like, dude, why didn't you call me up? I would have yeah. joined you. <laughs> uh, I would love to see that. I remember watching, a, again, I think it was National Geographic, and they showed um, showed one like swimming going from like island to island, and there's just this massive – Eastern Diamondback just floating across the top of the water, going from island to mm-hmm. island. Ah, yeah. And I've seen I've seen venomous snakes at uh, zoos and such, and they're exciting, but ain't nothing like seeing one in the wild. No, that's uh, so my dad just said uh, he's not a keeper. He's not, but uh, I could definitely see where field harping can keep people's interest and excitement, or renew their excitement in the hobby. Anything yeah. to keep it fresh. Yeah, totally. That's when we got to Arkansas. Logan's like looking up herping videos from Arkansas and he found one that Noah, uh, Oh, from in a, in yeah. NKF. Yeah. NKF yeah. herping had just put out about where he'd been in Arkansas. And everything. I don't know if you've ever been to Arkansas, the basically it's, everything's on a rock there. And, uh, we went down to the lakeside, like right at dark one night to the kids wanted to go skip rocks. Yeah. They got all these flat rocks up there. So we went down there instead of skipping rocks, Logan's picking up rocks and looking under rocks everywhere i'm like yep that's my kid next thing i know he's like halfway up this freaking hill picking up rocks and foot and foot flops and shorts and i'm like yeah they got a bunch of timber rattlers here dude why don't you come on back down so that's the thing about field herping if you ask me to go outside right now and walk two miles not yep. fucking happening but if you put me in the woods and i have a snake hook in my hand i could walk 10 miles and not fucking know it i could get lost in the middle of the woods before i realize oh shit I've been walking for hours looking for whatever. And you're like, crap, I got to walk back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's, it's it's easy when you get out in the woods, start flipping stuff to just keep going. You're like, well, it's not under this rock, but it could be under that rock. It could be behind that tree. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going. Yeah. So I, I could see where it's like, I think certain things, like Justin Julander was on that and he argued for field herding does, but he's also, he keeps mostly Australian species <clears throat> and he's also been to Australia. It's so like he has seen them there, but he wasn't in Australia for the entire year. But there's a lot of literature and there's people that you can talk to that do live there. And so you can get a lot of information on, you know, and they talked about how a lot of things have been corrected because of field herping, you know, uh, monitors were kept way too cool for so long until we realized, oh shit, they just sit out in 120 degrees. No problem. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Um, but I think, I don't think you have to field herp to be a good keeper. I agree. So I think you can definitely keep without doing it. But if you live in an area where the animal you like lives, go. Like, you know, Victor lives where king snakes live. He can go look mm-hmm. for king snakes. Yep. I still haven't even found one of those. I'm dying to find an eastern king or a Florida king for that. Yeah. And there's some cool king snakes in Florida. So, I mean, yeah. you can find some really nice ones. So, and I'm, at some point, we're going out West Texas. I want to go out to West Texas and I want to find shit in West Texas. I was hoping to get to do it this year, but nobody's finding shit because it's so hot. And yeah, no water. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times they wish like after it rains things come out, but there's been no no yeah, rain. Like I haven't seen any 
It's crazy how many rivers. Any gray bands get posted hardly at all this year. Well, so many rivers are drying up too, mm-hmm. and it's not just there. Like, so my my daughter and my wife are at camp in North Alabama. When they got there, my daughter was going to sign up for canoeing. She signs up for canoeing every year. She enjoys it. They couldn't. There was not enough water in the river for them to have canoeing at camp this That's year. That's crazy. So, it's it's been hard, which makes field harping hard because obviously rain brings the food for the animal for the reptiles to eat. So. But uh, we did post a question this week. I wanted to get to the question. Uh, I had talked to, to Victor about it, and I came up with this. one says, what attracted you to the reptile, amphibian, or invert hobby? So we'll go through a couple of them, and then we'll get to uh, – we'll talk to Victor more about his answer. But we'll get to uh, several of the other ones real quick. Katie did comment. She's not here, but she commented, and she said me. I, 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 it's my fault she's in it, but it is me. Um, and then my buddy Chuck said Katie's husband. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, trying to figure out. Oh, Richard Allen said, getting over my fear of snakes and finding out that they are my emotional support animal. (laughs) That's cool. Hey, at least got over the fear. Yeah. Um, I know I'm going to mess up his name, but I know you know them, uh, Robert. Is it Fong? Fong. I can never remember it. Fong Conaway? Yep. Yeah. Uh, said her husband, Cody, got sucked into it and now they breed leopard geckos. I knew you knew. I've seen them in shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron King said pretty much the same story as. Oh, let me read Ryan Goslow's because he says the same story as Ryan Goslow. And Ryan writes novels whenever he answers these things. All right. So Ryan said, uh, it's always been something that I've been interested in since I was young. After dinosaurs and documentaries about reptiles kickstarted my interest, I wanted a pet snake for years and read every book about them that I could get my hands on. But I don't get any reptile. I didn't get any reptiles until I turned 13 and didn't engage with the hobby until only a few years ago. And then if I go back down here to Aaron's, he said pretty much the same as Ryan's. I was obsessed with dinosaurs, snakes, etc. from very early age. Uh, but one animal that has fascinated me more than any other is the tortoise. I love the shape and the texture of their shell. And he said an old lady that lived up the road from him had a tortoise, which he'd visit uh, from the age of seven onwards. And I wanted a tortoise. So tortoises got into it which is, you don't really hear that one often that tortoises are the ones that do it for you um let's see who else want to see i saw oh our friend megan said it's kind of a long story but the short version is sort of happened by accident at least my snake obsession happened by accident i thought i was going uh to the Euromastics to be the Euromastics queen which she did she ended up getting the snakes and paul byfield let me go with that one see what paul said said he adopted a pastel from PetSmart. Read it. Okay. Adopted a pastel from PetSmart that wouldn't eat. I uh, got him for free. He did, he did adopt, adopt it. Mm-hmm. Normally, people are like, I adopt this snake from a pet store, and you paid full price for it. Yeah. Uh, and there we have it. First year, planned four clutches. Got five. You got his LLC set up. Couldn't have it done without a lot of help. Great community of keepers and breeders. Uh, keep your circle small. Stay in your own lane and carry on. Yeah, Paul has a buying problem. He's, he's there in the chat. Uh, Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul buys. And then, and then buys, and then buys, and he does have. Uh, he's slowed down lately. Has he? That's good. I was worrying for him. He's been. He's had three, five. He's on clutch five right now. Jeez. So, well, he just said that in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's produced a whole shit ton of babies this year. So less having to buy and more picking what you're going to keep. That's the point to get to is is when you start making the stuff that you want. So that's and that's what Rachel and I've talked about. It's like, oh, look, we have. We have enough stuff. Yeah. We need to, these motherfuckers need to start paying for their food bill. Well, That's all I care about. And you get to what we need to focus on a project. Yes. Well, she's got some good projects, but it was all babies. 
you know, raising up. Well, the problem is if you end up having like 10 project animals, you don't actually have a, a lot of people do that. They, they, they do the, and we talked about the Noah's Ark thing where they get a bunch of different animals. But even if you get into one species, people start going, I want this one, this one, this one, this one. And you get 10 projects. To me, you don't really have a project. Right. Right. So you've got to focus it down. What do you like the most? Focus on that. I, I found in this hobby, the ones that do the best are the ones that are really focused on a project. They become known as the whatever guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I want a blackhead, there's about two people I know that I'm going to go to for a blackhead. Jim Sargent is definitely one of them because I've seen him. He's spent years on making blackheads look amazing. And the other one lives over there near Victor. I would go see uh, Jason Hood if I was going to do blackheads also. But, you know, it's, so there's just, there's certain people that become known for something. Uh, I think, I think like right now is probably a good time for a lot of people. Maybe don't get out of the hobby. Uh, yeah, just focus on one thing. Yeah. Or maybe two at most. You know, if you got to sell off some stuff, sell off some stuff, but focus on the, the one or two things you really like and just work yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that's where Rachel's at. She's still kind of trying to figure out the thing. Well, she knows she likes the ball pythons. She knows she likes the doom rolls bows quite a bit. Yeah. So that's what she's been really focusing on. And then of course the, you know, the, the large rat snakes. Yeah. She wants more of those in the future. And, uh, you know, Logan's is the corn snakes and the milk snakes. And I have a few king snakes. Yeah. And yeah. So I just got to make babies from all those things. Mm-hmm. That, that but we bought a lot of our snakes as babies. So that's true. You've been growing them up. You, I mean, y'all really only got into the hobby heavy, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. So I mean, and that's about right now is the starter from the beginning with babies. Yeah. yeah I bought a couple of adults, but mostly babies because that's good. I wanted to do it the quote unquote right way. The right way. You get a ball python as a baby and you breed it at two years old. Sure. At a you know, a thousand grams and <laughs> yeah. and then get mad when the I'll breeder sends it. it to you and it's not. Exactly. Yeah. Victor knows. Yeah, we've he does Just power feed that shit. We've been helping this guy out uh, <laughs> lately. Rachel's been helping him and he was feeding a thousand gram ball pythons, large rats. Oh, wow. Every five days. Yeah. And uh, Rachel explained to him, you know, that that's power feeding and that's not good. And he understood. He's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And, um, so she's like, you should really never feed anything bigger than a small, even to your biggest females. Yeah. He's like, well, that'll cut my rat bill way down. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. definitely. yeah. That's what I love about my Sambo is I don't feed anything over an adult mouse. Like it's great. They'll only ever get to an adult mouse size. Now I've, I've gained more large boas in the last year and a half and they are not on large mice. So that part does suck. Uh, because rodent prices over the that's one thing we talk about inflation. Rodent prices over the last two or three years have gone insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because yeah. the feed has gone insane. Yeah, Everything that's like right now. Um, cattle prices are bottoming out because people can't afford to feed the cattle and all the auctions. You know, I, I grew up on a farm and I still have lots of friends that are ranchers and they're all posting they're all selling about. out. They're them. like, well, you know, a bale of hay is twenty bucks now, and they haven't had rain in months down here. So there's no natural forage for them to eat. And uh, so you just let them keep going and they naturally turn into beef jerky. Yes. So rotten, stinky, nasty beef jerky. (laughs) So they're selling them. And, uh, you know, I saw a post the other day where a guy said, here's a, here's a slip from a sale barn in 1989. Here's a slip from today. And I sold them for the exact same price. Damn. And uh, the problem is it's not going to make our beef prices go down at the store or restaurants or anything like that because the fuel prices the fuel price to, to get it there. Yeah. Get it there. Is still so damn high. Um, I did get gas for under $4 a gallon a couple times this weekend, which was 
I don't want to say nice. It's still fucking stupid. Well, I've, ta- I've talked to you and I've talked to several other keepers. We've talked about uh, shows lately have been rough. And I don't, know if you, I don't know how many shows you've been to lately, but I know you don't really vend, right? You, you've only been as a customer. No, I just visit. So as a, as a vendor, it's been rough. Uh, the, the money's not there. You may still get people through the doors. They may be coming because they don't mind paying the 10 to 20 bucks to get into a show, but they're not buying anything. Yeah. And, and, I, and everybody talks about how bad that is. And I don't think it's going to turn around until I mean, I, my, my magic number is I think gas prices at 350 or below. I think when gas gets back to 350 or below, then people will start to have that the fun money. There's just there's yes. no fun money right now. Hopefully. I know it was. I got it for like three seventy nine a gallon yesterday somewhere, yeah, in Arkansas, and it was still it was still eighty nine bucks to fill a truck up. I'm like, just didn't make wow. sense to me. But I started using that Get Upside app. It's a good question, uh, Darren. I'm gonna come back to that because I do want to ask you about that. I said, what is weighing heavier on the hobby, legislation or the economy? Both. I think. Well, I think the economy. I think the economy more than, more than anything. I think. Legislation is going to happen over and over again, and it's going to keep coming up. But I mean, there's we're in Texas; we don't have well, really legislation issues here. I, I would venture to say that seventy percent of reptile keepers have five or less reptiles, and, and the majority they don't really of, pay attention to the legislation. And the majority of them have reptiles that aren't on a lot of these lists, right? Right. With that said, we still need to fight because those reptiles that are not on the list will be put on a list eventually if we don't. I mean, yeah. we saw that list in Florida; it, it has a lot of things. My rainbow bows are on that list, and there's no way I'm like, oh yeah, rainbow bows do great in Florida, right? Like, I don't. It's so, but I think economy. I think economy is probably the biggest thing on 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 the hobby, and I I don't know how strong the economy will be in ten years, but everything works on a cycle, I, and it. So I mean, if you can hold out, it will get better. You hope. I hope. That's why I think if you downsize to just the things you like, the things that that really you look at and you go, oh, man, it's going to be awesome. If I can make this, you know, if you've got an animal that's got like a stripe on its back and it's like halfway down and be like, oh, man, could you imagine if the stripe goes all the way down its back? Well, then keep that animal yep. and find you an animal that also has a stripe and and breed for that. Or, or if you're like, man, this yellow right here, I just wish it was more yellow. Then keep that animal and find an animal that has what you want and breed it and work on that and become known as the guy that has the yellowest, whatever the fuck you're breeding and become that person. Right. So that, that's the problem I think people have is that they want to go out and buy the $10,000 steak with five genes in it and be like, Oh man, I can produce these, these, and these. Well, so if we go back to ball pythons, so is Kabilka. Yeah. But he's already fucking doing it. Are, so they're not going to buy it from you. Yeah. Kabilka's already fucking doing it. Right. Go go and produce the best looking pies you could possibly produce. I get it. Everybody has pies, but become the guy that breeds the best looking pies. Or be the person that's known. Man, that guy has the best bells. Yeah. Or that guy has the best leopards or whatever. Look at, look at, uh, what's his first name? Barnhart. Just went out of my head. The, the black Barnhart black pastel. That's like oh, the yeah. standard, you know? So, I mean, that's. You just got to find your thing. I don't think everybody has to get all the way out of a hobby. I mean, if, if you have to, if you have to, I mean, I get that's fine. But yeah. I think there's a way to keep two snakes and afford, be able to afford it. Yeah. Me, uh, I had to cut back my collection, especially after last year. The tragedy I had with all my snakes, the eggs just going kaput. I was sitting back and actually thinking and considering just getting out of the hobby. But then I said, you know what? Let me see if I could just cut back my collection and just focus on certain things. Instead of just buying up, oh, let me just get this and get that and working different projects. 
I cut back a lot of my animals, sold a lot of stuff, and just focused on just the colubrids for now. Um, and I came up with a, a plan that every year I'll alternate breeding. So keep the cost down and not stress the animals as, as much. So this year I bred a couple of my colubrids. Next year I'll breed. I'll try the ball pythons, whichever ones are ready, and then I'll alternate. And see, that, and that's one of those things before social media, I think a lot of people went through. And it happens all the time with certain hobbies, this or that, especially when we're dealing with live animals. Because we'll have things die off. We'll have bad things like a clutch won't hatch. Yep. And then your brain just goes, I can't fucking do this. I should get rid of everything. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have that thought. And I I think people sit in their own snake room and they don't realize that everybody's struggles at some point. But like you said, you just, you, you refocused. Yep. Like I've had that thought many times of if I could just get rid of fucking everything, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about it. I wouldn't have to come on clean cages. I could save money here or there. But then again, I think, yeah, but I enjoy that. Why would I get rid of something I enjoy? That doesn't make sense. So that it happens all the time. So another thing that I did was um, instead of trying to sell my animals for money, if I could reach out to someone that interested in my animal that breeds rodents, hey, I'll trade you this for X amount of rodents. So I've worked out that kind of plan with some people, and uh, it's worked out pretty well. So it's keeping me, you know, my costs down, and uh, my animals are fed. That works great, mom. So my dad said, everyone needs to do exactly what, what we're saying here for us on the things that make you happy and don't get too big. The worst mistake you can make yeah. is to make a snap decision, which it's happened when you, I think not all of these, but a lot of these things are good. I've got to get out of whatever, all my snakes. I think a lot of them are snap decisions. I think mm-hmm. you can, again, sell off some snakes, but don't get out yeah. of everything. Yeah. Darren said, did you see someone produce a bunch of no-eyed Lucy's? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And they'll probably sell them for like $200 more. Mm-hmm. And they'll become a special one. Everybody wants no eyed Lucy's. That's like uh, I I fucking hated the bug eyed leucistic rat snakes. And for a long time, that bug eyed leucistic rat snake was a thing. Like people were buying them for the bug eyes. I was like, stop that! Stop buying them for. I'm all for us. Like, oh look, it's white. That's cool. But we can look at it and go, okay, maybe the bug eyes are. That's not something we should be going for. Or what about the two headed animals? They became my rarity in the hobby now. Yeah, but see, we can't. I don't think it's reproducible, so it's fine. And, and it, the problem is, the most of the two-headed animals take themselves out of the everything. They very few of them have survived. I think there's a two-headed sulcata that's done pretty well, mm-hmm. and a couple of two-headed uh, corn snakes have done somewhat okay. They've had a two-headed. I think it's a corn at the Houston Zoo for several years. At the Houston Zoo, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Maybe it's like an education somewhere. I just saw in the Tennessee Snake Eddy group, someone posted a picture of a tortoise. Is this a pond slider? I hope so, because I put it in a creek. Fucking a. It's a fucking red foot. A Russian <laughs> that is obviously an escape pet. And he's like watching this thing flail. You can He videoed it. Poor thing's like flailing in the fucking creek. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> it got out on its own. He's like, it seemed to like the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really loved it. Yeah. That gurgling noise he made when he fell to the bottom was sounded happy. God, yeah. Though. It's like uh, listening to oh, who was it? Oh, I was listening to the Herpticulture Pod. Those corn, oh, the Corn Stars podcast, and they were talking about. You see so many of these posts of someone holding a snake, going, "What is this, motherfucker? Why are you holding it?" That's the what is it question is supposed to come before you pick it up and get answered before you pick it up. I uh, 
I, I argue the opposite point of that sometimes. Because most of the time when you ask them, they're like, well, I knew it wasn't a venomous snake, but I didn't know which of the non-venomous it was. Um, so, you know, we always tell people, learn to ID the venomous snakes in your area. Well, it's funny. And you're generally okay. They had a guy on the Corn Stars podcast. He was uh, actually uh, stationed at Fort Rucker in uh, Louisiana. But uh, he was talking about a guy picked up a snake, didn't know what it was. When they got to him, he was holding a pygmy rattlesnake, and then it bit him. And he's like, hey, what's this? And he was holding, and it bit him. Uh, Darren says, it seems to happen a lot now. Albino and Lucy. Oh, well, we've talked about, Darren, uh, the eye issues, and we've talked about with Travis before, Dr. Travis Wyman. Uh, the eye issues have a lot to do with uh, removing of melanin. So it happens a lot in leucistic and albino animals. I've got a boa that was born with bug eyes. They've, they've gone down since he was born. They're not bug-eyed anymore. <coughs> um, but apparently the, the path through which melanin is is done when the animal's forming also is uh, connected to the eyes. Do- Dr. Travis Wyman explained it much, much better. more succinctly than well, big words. He, he, he says it with big words and it's confusing. Don't listen to Travis. What the fuck does he know? Yeah. <laughs> On our podcast, he explained it. So. <laughs> That's true. So what you could do is you go listen to that and then you go over to our Facebook page and go to the pin post at the top and write Travis Wyman was your favorite guest on here and then you're entered in for the giveaway for a US ARC membership. God, here's another one. What does it say? Found, removed from a busy street, released in a lake. It's a fucking box turtle. <laughs> you just want to be like, look at its feet. You see today how they're must, not webbed? Today must be the day to drown tortoises and turtles, I guess. So. Yeah. Fuck them. The good, the good thing for a tortoise in the most part is, is they're full of air. And uh, they can kind of float. But, I mean, if the person keeps putting it back in the water, that may not be the best thing for it. I love, so some people are going to, like, Love the things to death. Uh, yes, that's my favorite saying. Good job. You loved it right <laughs> to death. Going back to our, our question, uh, Will McCready said he started out catching snakes as a kid when his dad was trying to teach him how to hunt ducks and squirrels. Nice. Uh, he liked catching stuff more than hunting, and he used to annoy the hell out of him by having a snake in each hand within 15 minutes of getting to the hunting spot. <laughs> that sounds like it. So he taught me to be safe and making sure I learned which snakes were venomous, and I never outgrew it. I still suck at hunting, and I never could bring myself to leave the venomous awesome. snakes alone either. Awesome. I saw a video posted. I think it was in the Tennessee group. Someone posted a video of their kid picking up a black rat snake. Um, and, and it was it – was, he was filming his kid doing it. He was teaching him how to properly yeah, pick it up and all that. Good video. And then I went and watched, read the comments. Oh, uh, yeah. I and he was told how, how horrible of a parent he was. And how do you know your kid won't just pick up something randomly and be a venomous – well, they were saying poisonous. So he posted a follow-up to that. Oh, did he? Someone called CPS on him. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I've That's talked crazy. to a couple of different people in the hobby who've had CPS called on them simply for the fact that they keep snakes. And or the fact that they let their children hold their snakes or yeah. help them feed them or take care of them. Yep. I, I, that recently in a non-reptile group, uh, someone had talked about a pet snake and some lady got on there and was just like going off about how they're the devil and all they want to do a snake will murder you eventually and so i posted the picture of my at the time 11 year old holding the eight foot doomerals bow on his shoulders and i'm like i guess i'm uh i should have my children taken away and oh my god she but, fucking this old lady lost her mind but they won't blink twice about someone having a loaded gun in the house it's not or, locked up or you know dog or a cat that is infinitely more dangerous or people that smoke in vehicles with kids or inside the house i mean that's obvious that's also dangerous that's that, that video was wholesome, and he was teaching his kid how to properly pick it up, and it was great, and he yep. picked up the snake great, and it didn't bite him, and it was, it was 
was wonderful. Um, but I knew when I went to look for the comment section, it was going to be full of vitriol and hatred. And it was, it was, it was full of idiots who didn't know what they were talking about. Trying to tell this person how horrible he was. Speaking of black rats, uh, Katie, she didn't post a picture on there, but she sent it to us. She, she removed a black rat snake from their camp. Uh, she gets calls on the radio that says they have a friend that needs to be moved. So that as the kids don't hear on the radio, there's a snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she went and removed a friend, which was a pretty good size black yeah, rat. She sent us a picture of it. Yeah. Um, so that's every year. That's her job when she goes. I have to send her with a snake hook and something to put snakes in. So she has two snake hooks and my 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 uh, bucket that I use for moving them snakes around. But well, then last year she had to euthanize that one that had a snake fungal disease. Oh yeah, snake fungal disease. Oh, euthanize it and burn it. Yeah. Uh, and where I work, uh, I get I'm the one that gets called for any type of uh, animal there. I work on a college campus out in Florida, and um, all the uh, RAs call us our dispatcher and then they call me right away hey uh Vic uh, we got something for you come come ASAP <laughs> I'm like yeah I'm right on it <laughs> I was it always, no- it always turned out to be a water snake oh it's poisonous no it's just a water snake <laughs> I, in my old school district I was known as a snake guy because the, they came through a, a district walkthrough once of a school I was at and it was on the day that I brought reptiles and so I had a big old bowl constrictor in my arms and they don't hang out long in your room. If you, I found it's the best time. If you know they're going to do an observation, make it a snake day. They don't tend to want to hang out in your room long. <laughs> uh, but later on, at, at a, a summer professional development thing, we were at one of the high schools. And I mean, it's, it's everybody in the district's there. And I'm sitting in a, a professional development thing. And they come up and they knock on the door. And they knew I was in there. And they go, hey, we need you to come downstairs. I was like, what's wrong? Well, we have a snake. So I go down to the library of this high school and wrapped around the the cords on the computers is this rat snake, this Texas rat snake, which mm-hmm. was not happy. Uh, so I had to move remove this pissed off Texas rat snake. So that's I came to be known as the every time I'd go like downtown, like <laughs> you're the guy with the snakes. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm the guy with the snakes. Yeah. As as most of us that keep snakes, we become known as the snake person at some point right. once people start to realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh so Victor, it says you have a weird story, but what is what is your story as to why you Got attracted to reptiles. Well, like I said earlier, when I first got back, when I first got into reptiles, I was deathly afraid of them. Uh, and I'm going to go back to when I lived in Delaware. Um, come home from school, I'm by myself. I couldn't get into my house. My mom was at home, and um, so I'm just exploring my yard. And of course, I'm going along the fence, and I see this garter snake just scooting across the, the grass. And it caught me off by surprise. I knew it was a snake, but I just knew they bite. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to pick it up because I'm like, I don't know what's going to do. It's just going to bite me. I didn't know if it was venomous or not. I didn't know. I had, I had no idea what venomous was back then. All I knew is they had teeth. They bite. I was definitely afraid of it. There it is. Fast forward a couple of years. I'm at a summer camp with my church. And um, I see a milk snake crawling up the side of the mess hall. And they're like, Vic, look, there's a snake coming. I was definitely afraid of that thing because I just think it coming, it's coming right for me. So I tried to step <laughs> on it, and my couch was like, no, Vic, don't do that. You're going to kill it. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. It's going to come at me and bite me. No, Vic, you have no idea what these things are for. They're good for the environment. They're not going to hurt you. They're just afraid of us. I'm like, okay. So he picks up, and it bites him. And I'm like, you see, they bite. Uh, I don't want to touch them. And then uh, I guess after uh, – I want to say a couple of years later, I'm working in a pet store with snakes. Then friends of mine who worked there, they were like, listen, these things are just harmless things. They're afraid of us more than we're afraid of them. And if they, they see bigger than us, they're going to be afraid. They might bite. But if you tame it, pick it up, hey, it's not going to hurt. So I picked it up. 
I fell in love with it. Next thing you know, I went to my uncle's house and I seen a garter snake. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to go for it. I picked it up. It kept biting me, biting me, biting me. I'm like, wow, this isn't so bad. I kind of like this thing. This thing's pretty. And my mom let me keep it. So ever since then, I've been into these things. But then I'll say a couple of years later, um, a friend of mine who worked in a pet store said, hey, look, I got this bowl constrictor that was just, uh, you know, released to us. So let me show you what it, you know, what I can do with it. It was nasty as hell, but I can tame it. I'm like, you sure you want to do that? He's like, yeah, yeah, watch. The minute he lifts up the hood, it starts hissing. I'm like, dude, I don't think that's a good idea. He goes and puts <laughs> his hand in it and grabs him and oh. pulls him into the tank. I turn ghost white and I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't like these things anymore. <laughs> and then years later, I'm like, I'm looking at pictures online, looking at the milk snakes and key snakes. I'm like, oh, these things are gorgeous. I want to get back into them. And then uh, back in 2015, I got my first corn snake and then it just started from there. And now here I am. You had many opportunities to be afraid of snakes and stay away from them, and yet you kept yes. being brought back to them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like I said, it's a it's a weird story, but uh, has a happy ending so far. See, mine mine was is, is a lot like some of the ones like what Ryan posted on. It's you know, I was a kid, I loved dinosaurs. I remember I had mm-hmm. I, I can remember as a little kid there was a video and it was like one of those horrible like dinosaur movies like they, they don't even look real at all and it's very was bad. It the black and white one very close i think it may have been black and white maybe color it was but it was like it looks like a toy that someone's moving with their hand it doesn't look it doesn't look good yeah um yeah, but i remember, I remember watching that um i remember there's, there's a picture somewhere floating around of like a big burmese python on my shoulder like a circus um nice. and then i remember in first grade my dad took it took me to a pet store and we bought a, a little red tail um, we kept that for three years until, ironically, we got rid of it because it got too big and, and we got scared of it, <laughs> which I laugh at now because it was nowhere near the size of what I currently have. Um, and and then we got rid of that. And then I didn't get another reptile until until college. But I mean, I, I you know, I'm in the Crocodile Hunter generation. So that if you, if you watch Crocodile Hunter, you can't but help fall in love with reptiles. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's impossible. Oh, yeah. um, and so senior year, there was a reptile show and I, I bought my rainbow boa. Um, nice. was, and then the disease happened and I couldn't stop buying stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'll say, I don't want to, you know, give credit to a certain person, but uh, there was a certain uh, YouTuber floating oh. around back in 2014. Who's still floating around? And they made, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, uh, oh, yeah, this stuff is easy to do, breeding and such like that. And I was like, oh, man, if I would have known this back then, man, how big would I have been now? Uh, they just I wish they would have taught you everything about it, like you know, taking proper care of them, feeding expenses, basically counting your cost. Yeah. I would have actually sat down and counted the cost of this stuff. But um Well if I counted the cost I wouldn't keep anything. I can't do that. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too many but, negatives uh, there. Of course, of course. Of but course, I, but they said anything's possible and you know, you can make money off of this. So I was like The old okay. pyramid squint scheme there. That's oh like, yeah, I fell for that. Yeah, but, uh, that's that one. That's I think a lot of the folks that are getting out of it now fell for the pyramid scheme, and then the the pyramid fell apart. Yeah. Um, so I try to I try to tell people nowadays: listen, uh, don't make the mistakes I made. You know, if you you like the animal, fine. You want to keep one as a pet. Don't get like ten pets and think that you know I'm going to rub two two of them together and then make a million bucks. And I fell for that scheme, and it doesn't work. I always feel bad for the stories I hear and yours, yours is not this, yours falls into mine, but the ones were like my mom or my dad said I couldn't own any snakes. I couldn't have a snake in my house. And I always feel bad for this. Cause like that wasn't, that wasn't what I had. I had parents that bought a snake when I was a kid. And when I got older, they, they still let me have a snake and they still supported me. 
and your yeah. mom would you have, bring a snake into the house and she wasn't, you know, I, I appreciate parents, even if it's not their thing. Yeah. And this, this isn't even just reptile. This is, I think, anything related. But parents that can support their kid on something that is not, they may not understand why it's such a cool thing. But they can understand that their kid finds it very cool and interesting. Yeah. And they can still support them in that. Mm-hmm. The only thing with that is uh, I'm big into if you want to take care of it, I'll help you. But uh, you have to be responsible for it. Yeah. It shouldn't fall back on me. You know, and it, I, I know people out there, they're like, they like the idea of having animals, whether it's a reptile, dog, cat, whatever it is. They just don't like the responsibility that comes with the animal. I know folks like that. I'm married to one. That's why I take yeah. care of a, a a lizard or a snake that I or and a lizard that I'm not huge <laughs> fans of. But uh, but like Robert, I mean, his kid is getting to do a passion that he likes because Robert's backing him on that, and he's and so that's that's cool stuff to see. Like that's, that's good. Um, and again, it's anything. Like you know, if my daughter comes to me and goes, "Hey, I want to try this out." All right, well, we may have to cut something out. You may have to pull back on one other thing to do this, but we're yeah. we're gonna find the thing that fits you the you know and for a lot of people in this hobby uh i hear a lot of people that at the beginning of their story is they didn't get into them until they moved out of their house i'm like oh man imagine what you could have done or how much you could have gotten into it prior to that yeah um so I, it's always nice to hear someone who goes oh no my mom let me have a snake in the house yeah well i at least one of my parents did <laughs> <laughs> i had to hide it from the other one <laughs> it worked it worked out yeah 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 oh Robert, what you doing over there? See any more fun fun articles on Facebook? I saw one that they released a bunch of uh, indigos. Oh, where at? Uh, oh, cool. I just had the freaking article up and I accidentally closed it. Hold on, let me see if I can go back to it. It's such a cool snake. I've had the opportunity are. to hold an indigo before, and it's just oh, it's such twenty five cool indigo snakes reared at Atlanta Zoo release into Conecuh National Forest in Alabama. Conecuh. Did they make a great sausage. My dad and I were actually talking about this today. There's a sausage out of Alabama called Koneka sausage. Yeah, I've had it. It's great. Oh, I love Koneka sausage. I watched uh, one of the videos I watched on YouTube. It was a non-reptile video. But they uh, they were they had it, and the guy goes, how do you pronounce this? Con- conk? Conka? Conka? And my whole That's time, the guy who does that on every, like, region's food. No, this was, like, this was a different guy. This was, oh. He just didn't know how to pronounce it. And I'm sitting there yelling at my phone, it's Koneka, motherfucker, and it tastes good. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they released uh, 25 snakes in uh, Alabama's Koneka National Forest in Andalusia. Oh, I know. June 25th is part of a long time conservation partnership, blah, blah, blah. Part of the launch easier. That gets down near where I went to college at Troy. That's pretty cool. I want some Koneka sausage. Now, yep. in, indigos are, are just an amazing snake. And then you think about how big they are. I mean, because we don't tend to think of really, I guess we get spoiled in, in North America. We don't tend to think of a lot of our stuff as cool. And I guess it's everywhere, really. Everybody wants the thing that they don't have. How far is your wife from Connecticut? Can she go through there on the way home this weekend? Oh, she's going to no, through there. I don't know. She's going to pick me up some Connecticut sausage on the way back. I know nice. that. Uh, but, you know, I would love to go to South America and see boas in the wild. But then I think we've got really cool stuff here that I just haven't gone to see either. Like, I want to go to West Texas and see. And I don't even want to see some. Like, I do want to see some of the rattlesnakes. But they're like, uh, what is it? The shovel nose snake? I just want to see that. That's a cool looking snake out there. Or I'd love to go I'd out love and see- to go see a coach whip. I'd love to see the pink coach whip coach whips out there. Well, you guys have those out there. We have the regular ones out here. I haven't even seen one of those. Uh, where we live, we have the regular ones too. Yeah. Okay. We had to go way out west to find the pink ones. I, I found uh, the black coach whips when I lived in Louisiana. I found them, um, and they're cool. And I found them when I lived in uh, Alabama as well, and they're cool. But man, those pink ones are just 
every time I see a picture of it, I'm like, that's insane. But then you realize it's a coach whip and it's not the easiest snake to take care of, which is why you don't see them all over the hobby. Uh, I was going through something. We have like two weeks of things posted in our group that we didn't talk about. Um, I was trying to see what there was. Uh, Reggie Raven posted some flying gecko eggs. Interesting. They're like gecko eggs are in there. They like they glue them to shit. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them, they glue them to stuff to like the sides of cages and cork and all that. And, and so the Mediterranean geckos do that all the time. You find Mediterranean. If you can ever get up like, to your attic, a place that has tons of Mediterranean geckos, you'll find tons of eggs up in attics. Oh yeah. I've done a lot of, you know, back when I did construction siding jobs and you'd always find them tucked back behind the siding where they overlap and there'd be a gap. Yeah. And they get back in there. Those and the knolls both. Uh, Travis posted a picture of, was it a Fertilancy? That can't be a Fertilancy. It's green. Uh, no, it was, it was some sort of viper eating a bat. But it was green. So I was like, that, that's not a Fertilance. But it said Fertilance on it. Um, and I'm just going through everything here. It's, this is uh, Chris Eaton's favorite part where I just start talking about things on the internet and he can't see them. Oh, there was a video that talked about axolotls, how they can, uh, they can change. Everybody's used to seeing an axolotl with its gills and being aquatic and all. But what people don't realize is that it's still a salamander and they can change into a terrestrial version as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually the, the situation has to be not favorable for them to change, which is why they're normally found in their normal version. They are, they're a funky looking salamander when they go into their final terrestrial stage. They lose the feathery fins. They don't look as cute and, and like a puppy dog. They, they look like a weird white mutant if you get the white ones. Uh, oh, this was one. Travis posted a picture of the stiletto snake. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. So stiletto snakes, for anybody that doesn't know, it's, it's, it's a venomous snake. Um, but they have these fangs that stick out the sides of their mouth. So, so many people will try to pin them. And the problem is when you try to pin them and get them by the head, they can still get you with those fangs. And there's a, in the picture, it's obvious that someone tried to do this because it's right on their thumb. Their thumb just sw- it's, it looks black and necrotic. Like, they're probably going to lose that thumb. I don't know if they kept it or not, but. Uh, it's it's a freaky looking snake with these and, sharp. And then there's if you go on the comments, somebody posted that slow motion video. Oh yeah, biting the hook. And, I saw uh, that. It's crazy. You can't even see its head, and bam. And yeah, it just that's slings in out slow motion. It slings out like a spring and hits the hook with that weird ass tooth. John Grant said, "What's a black and white TV?" <laughs> Shut up, John Grant. Yeah. That just goes to show how old I am. <laughs> and I still remember TVs becoming TV stands. Yeah. You know, when a TV didn't work, it became a oh, TV stand. Yes, yes. I had one of those back in the days. I remember the – and now I think, oh, how cool would that be as a cage? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Oh, excuse me, y'all. Um, I remember when my grandparents – you know, my, my grandpa owned his own business, and, you know, they were they were well off, I guess. And they got the first cable box I ever saw, and it, had, it was 0 to 99, mm-hmm. and it had a slide on it. Oh yeah, you'd have to click, 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 click. So he'd be like, "Go put it on channel thirty-four. Yeah. Go put it on." And that, that was it. my job as a kid was to go back and forth yep. between the TV and. I remember my grandmother had a satellite dish. Yeah, and if someone was mowing the lawn and they hit it, you were fucked. You had to try and get it. Yeah, go through the whole process of getting it lined back up and try and. My oh. dad had a. Uh, they lived way out in the middle of nowhere, and he had, they just had an antenna. Yeah, and if you wanted to watch the Astros, you'd have to you have to open the front door. Someone would have to be at the TV and spin. put it on the channel, and then someone else would have to go out there and turn the the <laughs> pole and turn the whole satellite until you got it. Oh, there it is. Okay, come in. And sometimes he'd have to like get up on the roof and add some foil to it to get it 
like depending on how the weather was so we could get the baseball was game it, or whatever. I saw a meme the other day. It was like, I'm at the age of where I remember what it was like to take two hours to download something, but still rage quit a website when it won't load. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. I posted a video of different rattlesnakes rattling. That wasn't, did you watch that one? Mm-mm. That was, was interesting. Yeah. It's, it's the different species sound different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're so used to just being a rattle. When you hear them all in a line, you're like, oh man, they, they do sound different. It's, it's different yeah, speeds and different everything. It's, I was reading something about pygmy rattlesnakes the other day that their rattle is actually used as a lure. Oh, really? They The sound will lure in like uh, mice and stuff because it sounds like a bug. Huh. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know, know how true that is. I, mean, I, could, would, it, I mean, it's a, it's not making a huge rattle noise, so it usually could sound like something small. Um, oh, where was it at? Oh, there's Victor's, Victor's Turtles. Oh, so I've seen this being fun around with the person talks about wanting to get rid of everything in their collection because cleaning takes too long, and then they list all the cleaning yeah. supplies. I've seen that for several things before. That's been going around for a couple of years. That was funny. Oh, what I saw, and and Darren said he wants to see a copperhead in the wild, which I've seen and removed those in the wild. They are cool. But the picture that got posted of the copperhead litter of the patternless copperheads. Did you oh, see that? that was, oh, yeah. Oh, man. That was pretty. Just see multiples there with no pattern. I was like, oh, that would yeah, be yeah. insane to see. So, okay, I think I made it through, my, through our list. Oh, I don't know how much longer I can take. My back is killing me. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so tired. I feel, I I feel old. Like I know I'm not. Like I know like you're old and Victor's yep. old. Yep. And my dad's old. Yep. So I'm not that old. Especially but, your dad. But especially so I get to meet next week finally. Yeah, you do get. You'll, you'll enjoy meeting my dad. Uh, oh, but, we're gonna bag on you the whole time. It's gonna be a blast. But then nice. I do things like lean forward in a chair and can't walk correctly for the next week. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it, it, getting old is not for the faint of heart, dude. Over the last few years, I've lost 50 pounds and I feel worse. And you just have weird shit happen to you, like, oh hey, do you go see a chiropractor? I haven't. I, I we'll probably, see one. Probably need to. It's worth it, yeah. man. It helped my neck tremendously. If I, I, a, I have I like four visits left, if I had some left and give them to you, I would, well, but I, don't I felt good. Did. Like it's, it's hurt when I got up in the mornings, but once I get up and I, I move around, it's bearable, but sitting in this chair now. Yeah. It's, it's wait till the weather gets bad. You're really going to feel it. Shut the fuck up. Victor. Well, I'm, I'm just talking from experience, bro. <laughs> Dude, go see a chiropractor, man. They're, they are, they are a blessing. So before, a, go, ahead. go ahead. I, I was going to say, I was in a car accident a couple of years ago and my back, was all jacked up and I've been seeing the chiropractor now for two years and I can't thank him enough. I'll have to try that. I know Katie goes, your wife goes to one all the time. I mean, we, yeah. we, we got back from Arkansas yesterday at about six and she's like, chiropractor still up and take me by there first. Cause she hadn't been in a few days. We've been on a boat. And, yeah. You know, all that. So yeah, she, she swears by it, but you've never met anyone who knows like uh, their body like Rachel does? She could tell the, the chiropractor, "Yeah, I think my C six is out of place," and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, it is." But and, I mean, it's crazy how she she knows that shit. I'm like, "Uh, my back hurts. Fix it." <laughs> That'd be me. Like, I don't know. It feels like I'm someone stabbing me. I need you to make that go away. Yeah. So before we go, Victor, what uh, what projects are you working on this year? We talked about people wanting to refine stuff, but what have you what have you got down? What are you trying to produce? Okay, this year? I got. Well, I just bred my Hondurans this year. Uh, it's a repeat from last year. I have my dark female to a hypo vanishing pattern peach phase. It's, it's just a lot of things. Um, it's a very beautiful Honduran milk male. Um, 
and I'm trying to go for uh, at least a tricolor male, peach phase. And um, then I have the yellow phase albino with the hypo male again. And then I tried my Pueblins, two pairs, but only one took. And I got two eggs out of that. And the other one, like I said, was egg bound. So she still has one more egg to pass. So I'm just waiting on that. Darren says, or you pull a muscle zipping up your jacket. Uh, oh, yeah. Darren, we don't have jackets down here. <laughs> uh, it's just a pointless purchase because we'd get to wear it for about a day. And that's only while you're outside going from your car to your to whatever building you're going in. That's why I hate, like, I, I don't understand. Okay, this is going to be my old man get off my lawn moment. I don't understand kids today's and their fucking pullovers and hoodies. It's 90 degrees outside and they've got a hood on and they're all zipped up walking outside. I'm like, how the fuck are you not dead? Like you should have a heat stroke right now walking across the mm-hmm. parking lot to get inside that building. And as a teacher, I see it all the time. Just walk around with hoodies on. I'm like, it's 95 degrees outside. What? The whole reason for a hoodie is to stay warm. Did you know that yeah, Waz right? lives in Houston from Naked and Afraid? No. Hmm. You need to go find him. I don't want to see him naked though. Like, I don't want to see him naked. Or he's afraid. on the new season. They just announced the new people. I just got the like an alert. They just announced the new people. And they don't wear hoodies because they're naked. Yeah, but unfortunately... It's in the snow. Look who's going to be on it. Oh, I knew she was going to be on it. Oh, you already knew Trish? She was in the commercial. Yeah, fucking I hate her. Oh, she gets... That's our, our, our naked and afraid moment for the yeah, week. Sorry. <laughs> we need to just start a naked and afraid podcast. <laughs> fucking love naked There and you go. Or at least uh, the commentaries. Uh, this, yeah, just, just line it up with it. Like, watch the show and people just watch and it then, with us. It's just like, what the fuck are they thinking? Right. Yeah, yeah. There you Look go. at this ball that's python cool. yeah, in, in the Amazon. Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How the fuck is this green anaconda roaming around Africa? What the? Oh, that's that's what I'm interested. In this one, they're in the snow. So if they show me any fucking reptiles, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Right. Look, look at this rainbow boa in the Antarctic. I think they're in like the Alpine too. They're up above the tree line, and a lot of it that I've seen. Good. I'll freeze their testicles off. Ooh, that's gonna be brutal. I think I'd rather do that any day over the freaking jungle with all the bugs, bugs. and stuff. And I don't know. Victor lives in Florida. He's used to bugs. Although well, he's he's well, hiding right. inside of his screened-in pool, yeah, so yes, yes. Oh, Jeremy's gonna like be on bugs. this one too. Yeah, I, I, oh, I couldn't imagine. Like, it'd be impossible to enjoy a pool in Florida during mosquito. Well, everything everything's mosquito season. Well, so. our national bird down here is the mosquito. So. Absolutely, it is. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy's on it. He's the one that got that tapped on day two in the Amazon because he was covered from. Oh. to nuts with fucking mosquito bites. Yeah. And he could like physically couldn't move. Oh, I've seen some of those where they get bit so much that like their ankles and everything. That fall. happened like, to was. He had yeah. to lay down for like three days. And- where it just goes from knee to toe and it's all the same thickness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't fucking do that. Yeah. I've, I've watched no, a lot of the survival cool. shows and I've never once gone. Oh man. I, there may be a moment where like I could do something they're doing, but then I'm like, no, I couldn't do the collective part of that. Like they're fishing. Oh, I could do the fishing. Yeah. But I'm not going to stay out there naked for 30 days. That's not going to fucking happen. So. Nope. Or like when they're just like sitting down in the leaves with nothing under them. And I'm like, I'm thinking nope. worms crawling up your ass. What the? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Not for me. I just can't imagine they make enough money off of that. It's all got to be for what they love. I guess we say that. And those are the same people that are like, well, I couldn't own a, have a house with a room full of snakes. I'm like, well, it's not that hard. Very true. <laughs> yeah. So everyone has their own thing. That's just of not, course. I know that one's not my thing. Yeah, definitely not me. Oh, Robert, you got anything else? 
If you want to support a, support a ball, small business, this is the time to do it. <laughs> it's yeah. like it just went off a fucking cliff about three weeks ago, man. Just, and you know, it's everything. I'm doing the same thing. Just hold on to every penny I can because yeah. who knows what's going to happen. I mean, look, it, it will, like my dad said earlier, it, it'll settle. Mm-hmm. It will eventually settle. And if it becomes the new norm, it'll become the new norm and we'll function in the new yeah. norm. It's just, we got to get to that point. <laughs> Darren, I could be naked for about three seconds. If I step on a rock, I'm tapping. That's my whole thing is they're like getting thorns in their feet. And I'm oh, like, a lot of them, they have to train their feet before they go out yeah, there. I'd have to walk around for weeks with no shoes. I've walked around the house with no shoes on. And I'm like, oh, a piece of cat food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, there's just so many things out there. That's the whole thing is when you watch one of these survival things, they show you 30 seconds of their day. And I'm like, yeah. you don't realize that. It's 90 degrees out there from 6 a.m. to like 9 p.m. And then the coolest is 85 degrees. And, it's, and they're just they're doing nothing but sweating all day long. And like you get to see the five minutes when they got to eat some orange they found in the middle of the jungle. But you're not seeing the 24 hours where they're starving to death. Right. And they show you that picture from the beginning and the end. And you realize they've lost like 35 pounds. And you can see every bone in their body. That's why I like the ones that gain like 35 pounds before they go out there. They just eat a shit ton because they know they're going to starve. Ooh, I have an episode of Alone to watch because I've been gone since Thursday. <laughs> That's true. So, all right, let's get, let's go ahead and close this out. Uh, again, if you need a rack or a cage, get a hold of Robert. He needs to feed himself. He's not naked or afraid or, nah, or starving. But <laughs> I'm definitely afraid. Um, again, we're doing a giveaway again for July for a U.S. ARC membership. Oh, that's what I didn't do. Let's see. Random number generator. We're going with number five on the list. Let's see who's number five on the list. Who's winning for June? June. June. Paul. Paul Byfield. Really? Yeah. Awesome. He's number five. So still here. If not, we'll contact him later. But he won a membership, a US Art membership for our June giveaway. He was just sending me pictures of snakes. (laughs) Uh, And if anybody wants to enter in for July, if you already entered in for the June, you're still on the list for July. Keeping those same names there, except for Paul, he can't win twice. Uh, but just go tell us your favorite uh, favorite guest that we've had on the last hundred and twenty. Look, we have Victor on right now. Just go over there. You can find his name, how to spell his last name. You don't have to try and guess; it's it's on there. But type in Victor, right? And there you go, and you can be entered in for a US Arc membership. More US Arc memberships out there. The uh, more money they're getting, the help the more they can help us. Especially, uh, I mean, US Arc Florida is its own thing, and they need. Tons of help right now because they're trying to outlaw everything. So, uh, all right, Victor, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do so? Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at J Babies Reptiles. Instagram will be J underscore and Reptiles. Well, J underscore Babies underscore Reptiles. Facebook is just J Babies Reptiles. Or you could just look me up on the Facebook under Victor Loriano. Yeah, good luck spelling that. Have fun. Yeah, pretty uh, easy. <laughs> it is pretty easy. It's just there's like 50 million ways you want to pronounce it unless Victor tells you how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if, you, if anybody's thinking about getting a, a milk snake, hit up Victor. He's, he's going to have some milk snakes. And get them before Florida says it's illegal for him to even have those. Yeah, right. Um, also, make sure you get to Herp Show. Coming up next is Slidell. So that's going to be a great one. Come out to Slidell. Uh, don't forget Wiregrass Exotics. Over in Ozark, Alabama, give them a visit. And don't forget, 15% off on your VivTech UVB LED light bulb. All you have to do is code GUMBO22. That is all one word, GUMBO22. 
gumbo22 and you get 15% off on your purchase of any VivTech product. So that is it. Thank you all for watching this week. Victor, thanks for being yep, on. Thank you all. Hang around for a thank second, you Victor. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. And uh, we'll be back next week. Good night. Good night.